Up next is my interview with Maria. She's an expat from Lithuania living in the Netherlands, and she's a photographer. She's going to be talking about photography since COVID, where she's in one location and her subject is in another one. She's also going to talk about photos of women in marijuana and women in coffee shops. Very interesting, very beautiful photos. So tune in. Welcome to the Are We Home Yet podcast where I talk to expats about what it's like living, working, making a home abroad. You'll get great information for your move abroad via this podcast. Also, go to the website, arewehomeyetpodcast.com, and subscribe to the blog for more helpful information to make your home abroad a success. I'm your host, Jalila Clark. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Are We Home Yet podcast. So today I have the pleasure of interviewing Maria. Hi, Maria. How are you? Hi, hi. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. No problem. All right. So where do you currently live and how long have you lived there? Um, I live in Amsterdam and I've been living here for the past 10 years. Yeah. Well, you see, I came here um, for, for my internship first, you know, and then I was impressed by the amount of people that really loved you know, what they do. And like, there are so many freelancers and I'm coming originally from Lithuania. Mm-hmm. And normally, you know, like I also studied political science because um, my family, they didn't allow me to study photography. They thought like, oh my God, photographer, you know, it's just not serious. You should study like law or economy or something like that will pay your bills, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I came here with my political science internship and then I'm meeting all these amazing people and I'm like, so what are you doing? They're like, yeah, I'm an artist. And I'm like, yeah, well, me too, but what do you do you know, for a living? Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, but we are artists and that's what we do. And I was like, so inspired. And I was like, oh my God, you can actually really do what you love. And uh, yeah, and I got so inspired. And then it actually really inspired me to, to, to follow my, you know, my work, uh, my, my dream to be photographer. And um, yeah, and so, and, so, and so I continued doing that. And basically, yeah, I had my first exhibition in Amsterdam. I met my partner and then we stayed, um, we, I mean, and, and then I'm still living here for 10 years now. So it's been, uh, yeah, it's been a while. It's okay. been a while. Okay, so so I'm such a foodie. So it's like, you know, even though like I'm, I'm very sure like Amsterdam has lots of different, you know, kinds of food from from various uh, cultures. But like what what's what's the food like? What's it like eating there? Um, well, honestly, the food is not great. Um, <laughs> okay. I mean, I mean, you know, I feel like, you know, if, if you're like in Italy or France or um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit more of a like a foodie culture and I guess mm. in Amsterdam all the kind of hipster kind of food places they just started maybe five years ago and mm. before living in Amsterdam I lived in France a bit and Dubai and then and then and then um, and then it was um, it was it was a bit uh, yeah so sorry I just had like a post postman and we live on the ground floor these big mm-hmm. Amsterdam windows and then you see that I'm inside and they're like you know trying to give me all the packages and I'm like no guys I'm busy <laughs> but anyway it's, it's also that's what's like living in Amsterdam because you live on yeah you have all these big windows and and and, mm-hmm. and um, yeah everybody can see what you do it's really open without any curtains and stuff uh, but yeah the food the food was yeah 
And the food and the, and the service just improved like really in the last maybe five years. And mm. it was really, um, yeah, I mean, for, for me, it's nothing really special and, and, uh, and food culture is not really big here, you know, and, but of mm. course you have organic markets and things mm. and, but yeah, but, but original, you know, Dutch food is not really visual, you know, you have this mm. harring, which is like some kind of, um, yeah, like, um, yeah like pickled sort of fish you know with with the onions you know i mean it's just like nothing really super you know super fantastic i guess so yeah for, for the food i wouldn't yeah it, it would it wouldn't be the country that i would go you know for yeah like enjoy the food and stuff mm-hmm. but of course you have good restaurants you know like uh yeah some indonesian you know um you know indian you know you know you have different cultures in here and all mixed match and and so um yeah, so 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 you so you have good places to eat, but Dutch food itself it wouldn't be yeah it's 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 not it's not it's not it's not, it's not really a thing. You know? mm-hmm. I mean they they're really practical they're really practical so I guess just simple simple stuff you know like the sandwiches for lunch you know they all yeah it's it's really really simple really simple mm-hmm. okay and you know so so you know besides the food what what do you miss from Lithuania. Well, you know, Lithuania is sort of the last pagan country in, in, in Europe and you have really clean forests, you know, and really clean lakes. And basically when I lived there, I used to have just a towel, you know, in, in, in my car all the time and you can stop anywhere and swim, you know, I mean, um, everybody's picking up herbs, you know, my mom is, she knows, you know, and like, let's say February, she was picking up like, like a special little things from, it's not like a Christmas tree, but it's like a little bit like, like tethered tree you know and then basically you have to pick those up on in february and it's like it's really good for your immune system and all these things i mean i know all the mushrooms if i go to the forest i know what to pick what not you know and here everybody's calling me like a white witch you know they're like and, and i was like but for me everybody's doing that and, and I'm like, no 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 don't, don't take that berry and i'm like no this is edible mm. and so and so what i miss maybe more of this um yeah i would say like a kind of uh, in Lithuania, everybody is more connected to nature, and 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 here it's it's, it's less so. So, yeah, I, I guess I miss that most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What were you originally going to do with your political science major? No idea, to be honest. Really, no idea. <laughs> okay. You know, no. I mean, I was always good in languages mm-hmm. and communication, I guess. And so my family, they thought like, well, you know, it should be or law or political science or like something that would pay my bills eventually, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I really loved photography since I was 15. You know, I had all these like, you know, like um, analog photos and things, but, but it, it, it was kind of, um, yeah, it, 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 it was not even a thing to discuss, you know, it was already like a hobby and, and, and I kind of knew that it's not possible, you know, to probably pursue that career. Mm-hmm. And then I came here and I had this like eye open. I was like, oh my God, like, you know, like everybody's doing what they love doing. It's not like in Lithuania, everybody's doing for something to survive, you know, almost. And so it was really big eye opener. And then, you know, I even went to Van Gogh Museum and then and then he started really late. I mean, of course, he got crazy after all. But then, I mean, uh, he started, I think, about 25. And I was about like 23 at that time or something. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm, it's not too late. You know, it's not too late. I can still do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember I took one more sort of corporate job in Dubai. I mean, I, it was in Monaco, but then the, 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 the main company was in Dubai. And I worked really well. So they sent me there. 
And I thought maybe, you know, I will work for this company and I'll get like this really cool camera and then, you know, I can start my career. You know, like at the beginning, you're so insecure and you're thinking like, when I have this, then when I have, you know, and you're kind of postponing it because it's not about Mm -hmm. the camera, you know, of course. And then, um, and then I got really bored with this, you know, corporate life and Dubai was just really dry, like, you know, dry in all senses, you know, like it was just empty, you know, like all this marble and red carpets and stuff. But then, you know, how many more of those you, you, you can see, you know, I mean, I just missed, you know, some kind of trashy little table with, you know, like some kind of, and it's, it's, it's not really much culture there everything is new everything is like you know fancy and i and i was just really bored with it and then uh, my brother he was working with the burning man festival more like a a legal representative of lithuania Mm -hmm. there and then he was bringing all these artists there and then he was like do you want to come you know and i was like well yeah for sure you know and then Mm -hmm. he kind of uh, organized like this press pass for me and then I went there and I was sort of like this official photographer and mm-hmm. I really loved it you know and I took amazing shots and it was like in this you know in the magazines and and in some like newspapers because it was also new thing for Lithuanian like such a small country like people going to Burning Man because even for Americans it's too expensive sometimes mm-hmm. um, yeah and then I got back to Amsterdam and then I got offered this project to photograph like famous Lithuanian people living in the Netherlands and maybe Mm-hmm. it was like seven of them you know because it's really a small country so I did that and it was with Lithuanian embassy and then I had this exhibition and it kind of gave me a little bit more of um you know like a like a feeling like okay you know but of course it took me like another maybe five to seven years till you know I was kind of doing well and then I was thrown back and then I was doing well and then suddenly I had to take a job you know for a weekend at the hotel mm-hmm. or something because I couldn't pay my bills and then I would use hotel rooms as like a studio you know because mm-hmm. the owner allowed me to do that and then on the weekends you know I was just basically having night shifts and I was like editing my photos and stuff so I guess when you have I don't know I just have you just have you just have to really keep your heart open and and just keep believing, I guess, you know? And, and then now, like if when Corona started, I was thinking like, oh my God, like what, what, what I'm gonna do now? Like, you know, I can't, what if I can't meet people, can't, like, what, what would I do? Mm-hmm. And then I sat down and then I thought like, well, if not photography, then I don't really care because mm-hmm. whatever it will be, I don't think I will love it anyway. So I don't really care. Mm-hmm. But actually now during Corona, um, the new way of photography got developed, you know, mm-hmm. like this remote photo shoot. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning I was skeptical, but like actually now I'm having more and more of those and it's actually fascinating and exciting and like technology is so powerful. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. So it's just endless possibilities, you know, and, and, and this career grows together with me, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just wonderful. Let's take a quick break. I'm glad you're enjoying the show. Want to make your move abroad as smooth as possible? Download the ebook from the AreWeHomeYetPodcast.com website for resources in making a home abroad. Unsure how to make money while living abroad? Download the free teaching online PDF with more than 20 online companies looking for people to teach various languages and different subjects. Download these two great items and make your move abroad a reality. Okay, back to the show.
Um, and then like, so you mentioned like, you know, you've lived in France and then like, I mean, so you've lived in obviously Lithuania. London um, also. Okay. All right. A- anywhere else or that's about it? Uh, I think yeah, London, then South of France and then Dubai and then yeah, Amsterdam and Vilnius. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, you know, like what, what would you say like, like, okay. So I want to ask you like in detail, like what's that been like? Cause I'm sure like, you know, that, that would like exceed the amount of hours we have available to, to talk today. But, you know, like I would ask you like, you know, like what, what's been your favorite part of living in, in each of those places? Like what's been your favorite, you know, memory or experience? I think just people really like, you know, the interesting people that I meet it enriches my life so much you mm-hmm. know because I feel you know I remember I was going back to Lithuania and some of my friends they would say like oh my god well, how do you do this how do you mm-hmm. go somewhere and how do you and and it was it's never easy of course it's easier you know to go to, you know to be surrounded by a family you know I mean maybe also this feeling that you're completely dependent on your own. And, mm-hmm. and and I remember I had this one time when I didn't have money to come back to Lithuania for Christmas, you know, mm-hmm. I got, um, yeah, I, I just paid deposit. I mean, I got basically, um, yeah, screwed over with apartment, which happens mm-hmm. for experts, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was working at the shop, it was like 15 hours or something, uh, shifts, like I had to do double shifts because I, I really, I, I just put all my money after burning and what I had, you know, to rent the apartment and basically it was fake like it just yeah anyway I, I got screwed with the apartment and then you know it was the song like last Christmas I gave you my heart. and then I remember mm-hmm. I'm, sta- I'm standing behind the counter and I'm crying and I was kind of also embarrassed to, to ask help from my family because mm. I don't know I, I should have probably but um yeah but I guess it's it's, it's a feeling that um I guess these people that to me they are more true also like experts different and they all made this choice to actually choose maybe not this easiest way mm-hmm. but yeah for one or another reason you know and of course they come and go and and and, and sometimes that's a pity too but um yeah but I guess meeting these just people that are like hungry for life or experiences they're not mm-hmm. afraid they're not the ones that are just choose for the easiest way of living I guess now now skipping to like you know when you mentioned uh COVID and this new photography okay so like tell us about it like explain like what 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 is it and and you know like yeah so tell us all about that well it's really exciting I mean um actually uh when I saw like some you know people doing that and I was like oh my god it's like Mm -hmm like it's just basically like making joke of like being a photographer or something like that um but it was like some months ago you know and then I saw more and more photos and it's called like virtual photo shoot or like remote photo shoot and basically how it works okay uh, you you have to download the app to your iphone you have Uh to um and then basically I can access the back of your camera from my computer or from my uh from my um phone and basically i'm directing you i'm selecting you know the um, locations and things and basically everything is happening through your um through your own iphone uh-huh. And then I download the images, I retouch them and I send them back to you. And so basically it's, it's just like, you know, at the beginning I was like, I had one of those, actually I had one shoot in Beijing, uh, like uh, maybe a month ago and, uh, and it was like this fashion shoot, but yeah, it was, it was amazing, you know, and I was shooting in my pajamas because, you know, the time difference was really like, it was, it was just, I don't know how many hours, 11, maybe, I don't know. It was just really like, just, or, it was really early. 
uh, in Lithuania and it was mm -hmm. really, really, it was afternoon in Beijing and we had to do it when it's still, uh, you know, when it's still some, some, some daylight. Um, then the next shoot I had, it was like this branding session, like last week. And then actually after that one, the lady posted it and there was like 400 comments and things and everybody's like, how do you do this? And then I got another shoot for pregnant lady and I was not so sure. I was like, because with pregnancy, the posing is a little bit more, you know, different and it's just... You know, you have, I mean, I, I work a lot with women and then, you know, you have some certain ways of like, you know, holding the camera or the angles and then you make, you know, the belly. It's just, just, just all very technical. And, and, but then actually, you know, basically they can just hear my voice. Like you're hearing my voice right now and I mm -hmm. have to direct them. And then I have this pre-call with them where mm -hmm. we go through clothing selection and then locations. And basically why it's attractive for them because they don't need to leave their house. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, I realized that it's, the same if I would be there like uh, myself I would choose the same locations I would choose the same clothes and I would direct them in the same way you know mm -hmm. and sometimes actually because they can't you know sometimes I say okay can you move the camera to the left and it's a right you know so it's like a bit of a different uh, uh, it goes like you know it's like, it's like this mirroring because uh, but and sometimes you know I find like a new angles and new things and yeah I mean and actually you can even download the photos in 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 like almost like this raw format like the same the same as you would have in a normal digital camera so I was like I don't know the more the more I'm I'm into it the more I'm like oh my god this is really really great mm -hmm. and it's time saving and of course you know like i think it's more for maybe entrepreneurs you know it's just like the visual story telling you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so basically i have this pre-consultation then i ask you know what why you do what you do and 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 then we go deeper into your personal story and then i create you know these sort of sets and and, and shots and then we go through your work environment and home environment and then we kind of you know um yeah and then i create this like a visual story and basically yeah i guess all the people that i photograph they have this you know this ring flash and 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 this like a little tripod for for, for the iphone because yeah, they already have their own businesses or they already kind of, you know, they want to be seen on social media more and things like that. So, mm -hmm. so, so far, I don't know, I can consider myself lucky or I can consider myself also very professional in a way, you know, because I'm like, <laughs> because, you know, even my friends are like, oh my God, like how, like how, how, like how, how did you, you know, and I was like, I don't know. I mean, I'm just you know, we just went through all the, you know, locations. And then I said, you know, can you remove this image from the wall? So then we have this background. Can you remove this? You know, like it's basically, I create the sets remotely from just that the client has to do everything. You know, so I'm just, I'm just directing on the other side of the camera. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just really, I think a new, it's, for me, it's mind blowing, you know, because mm -hmm. all these possibilities, opportunities, and also, you know, I got this, possibly I will have some shoots for like a young models in uh, the ones that want to be models in New York. Mm -hmm. And for them, it was really expensive to go somewhere, you know, and to get like a photo shoot and stuff. So I got offered to do some shoots like that, mm -hmm. which I'm super inspired to do. And um, yeah, I just think it's also sustainable. Because, you know, you don't need to travel so much. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, as long as you have internet, you can you can do it from anywhere. So I feel like, yeah, it's pretty special. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm so excited about it. I'm like, because, I, I don't mm -hmm. know, it's for me, it's mind-blowing still, you know. I'm like, every time I do it, and it's still, I'm like, I almost can't believe I'm doing it, you know. It's just, it's just great. It's, 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 it's really great, yeah. Okay. And so what, what was it about photography that, that, and 
and and continues clearly to like excite you like what what is it about photography that you have loved and continue to love so much I guess it's again people you know mm -hmm. people and also you know when at the beginning I didn't know you know I knew I wanted to to, to, to work as a photographer, but I didn't know what kind of photographer. So I tried mm -hmm. wedding photography. I realized it's not for me because I really enjoy a one-to-one -one contact or like, you know, at least few people, but the groups of people, I just get tired, you know, and I'm, it's not my thing. I, li I like to connect like quality, you know, in, in terms of like, you know, one-to-one. -one. Um, then I tried, you know, furniture photography, like all these, you know, uh, expensive sort of luxurious, you know, vintage items and things. And then I thought like, well, I mean, things are nice, but I, I, yeah, still, again, I, I realized that I want to work with people more because, you know, I was also volunteering a lot and traveling a lot. And, and I feel like um, it, it requires some also psychological knowledge, you know, for people to be able to relax with you. It's not that you know, when you're like, let's say doing boudoir shoot with not professional model. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. so a person has to come in and you see undress now, you know, of course, you know, like, it's just, it's not, it's mm -hmm. not like, you know, it's, it's really, it's, and sometimes women, they have, you know, different, they don't feel good about their body or they give birth and they think they are too fat or too skinny or too, you know, like, and I feel like I, I really love working with women, especially because I feel like. And now I have, you know, like women need more support from women now because mm -hmm. we became too busy with our careers and, and I guess it's it's too much of a competition going on. And so mm -hmm. I, I, I feel like women, women need to empower women. I feel like this is, it's, it's different from feminism, you know, because I'm not in any way, um, yeah, it's just different. I, I feel mm -hmm. like, so anyway, so for me, like what inspires me until now, yeah, I, I guess this self-growth that mm -hmm. can reflect in my career. So at the beginning, I tried different photography things and I realized, okay, I want to do people. Then I got pregnant myself. I gave birth mm -hmm. to my daughter. Then suddenly my clients were, you know, these pregnant women because I got really terrible pregnancy shots. And then I thought like, how difficult that can be. And then I was really photographing them. I was like, you are as feminine as you can be when you're pregnant. Because, you know, like men can't do it. You know, they can, you know, they can change their body and, 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 or, and body parts. But I mean, they can, they cannot give birth, you know, so you can be like women as in your energy, but like giving birth, I thought it's so like, it's really special you know and then I, and then I did a little bit of that you know but then when I grew out of that mommy mode you know my daughter is four now then I really started building my business you know and that's when I got into this branding sessions and then you know my clients became these young entrepreneurs that you know they have the dream and then you know and I helped them to achieve it you know and then now yeah I mean I guess what I love about it that it grows together with me and then now I went into this like a visual storytelling you know because and 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 it also you know and then my photography shifts and adapts and and now actually I have this dream to live somewhere warm after living here for ten years I'm like I'm the sun I want some sun so before my daughter goes to like um you know proper school because now it's still like a like a like a yeah it's, it's, it's she's still very young mm -hmm. I I'm thinking about it and then I thought but how do I do it like you know with my work because mm -hmm. like you know I have a studio here and and then these remote shoots they are kind of also opening me like a possibility to actually move anywhere and work from anywhere and I'm like right. so so it's like this this photography just kind of adapts and grows it's it's, it's like it's, it's like my little baby that grows together with me you know so 
Yeah, I mean, and even if I don't have my camera with me, I'm walking in the street and I'm, oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. I'm zooming in and zooming out constantly. I mean, I cannot stop. I mean, I just cannot stop seeing nice things or frames or textures or colors or lights or mm -hmm. it's just in me. So, yeah, I guess I'm just a photographer. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, it, it's really wonderful that, you know, you're... Your passion is your business and your business is your passion. That's wonderful because sometimes people don't get to experience that yeah. where, you know, the, the thing that, that they love so much, they're able to actually make a living from. Um, so, yeah. Well, I wanted to give up many times, you know, really. I was like, okay, you know, okay, I'm done, you know. I was mm -hmm. like, okay, you know, and then, and then somehow again, you know, I would, you know, I'm like, okay, well, you know, no, I, I'll keep going, I'll keep going. And then, um because yeah it was not easy mm -hmm. <laughs> it was mm -hmm. not easy because i didn't know how you know mm -hmm. I, I i knew what i want to do but i didn't know how to get there and no matter how hard i worked it felt like it just yeah it was not coming and then it took also a lot of like self-development uh you know because when you feel like you're worthy then you know it's it's just all together it's just the whole package so so being mm -hmm. where you want to be doing what you want to do it's not only about that it's about you it's about it's about it's about the full full package full full energetical body of you you know it has to be your mind soul spirit everything aligned you know so it's not yeah so it's not that you have like affirmations yeah i want to do this and every day you look at it and every day you say it a thousand times and it will happen i mean maybe for some people but for me it took it took like when my it took all the areas to go like to dance together and and to align you know and and it's, it was it was work on all levels like all levels because you know like even saying your price you know sometimes when you love something so much it's like so how much is it for and you're like oh, i don't know like how, how, you know, i don't know like you know that kind of you're like mm -hmm. so it's just kind of yeah how to price yourself how to because when you love it so much you want to do it anyway yeah so so I had to go through like everything. So basically I think like my family should be proud of me because I feel like I have like, now I'm like, I have education economy and then accountants mm -hmm. and this and this and marketing and like everything. Yeah. So, <laughs> everything. so then I, I do, so then I do have a few questions based on what you just said. So like how, honestly, like how did you figure out like, you know, like a, a valid, uh, well, you know, uh, a good price point, because unfortunately, many times, you know, from from some of the articles that I've read about, you know, like, say, like women who, who run a business or, you know, who own their own business or really work in the business world, like sometimes we don't like give ourselves enough value for the product that we're providing for the service that we're giving so honestly like how did you figure out like what would be a good price point like that was like good enough for you to like receive the value that that you deserved for me it's very much of a feeling mm -hmm. now i really trust my gut you know that mm -hmm. would be but i guess and then if you're completely in the blind spot like and you don't really know then mm -hmm. i guess just writing all your expense like it's really boring one but then on google there are plenty of these sheets like even free excel sheets you know where mm -hmm. you really write all your expenses and then you know basically it calculates how much you need per month and then mm -hmm. you can count you know if you work eight hours a day how much a one hour is worth that for me was not so kind of the best uh, you know way and actually, I think the one thing that really changed my whole perspective was 
really investing in myself, you mm-hmm. know, like uh, let's say if you take masterclass for 10,000 euros, you know, mm-hmm. and somebody's telling you that your photo shoot for 250 euros is too expensive, then you're like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sorry, but you know, I mean, yeah. it's just, I cannot, it's just cannot be any less, you know, yeah. and then you also, you have to calculate, you know, all your tools and the cameras. And then you have to also realize that, you know, if, if, you know, you have to also, you're paying for your gear, for, for your education, for your, but I guess, the minute you start investing in yourself, because I also didn't have that money that, you know, that masterclass, of course, I paid in, in parts and things like that. And I regretted it many times, but then now I don't anymore, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, oh my God, what did I do? You know, mm-hmm. because it was still like payments of like four or 500 euros or something a month. And then the COVID started and I was like, oh my God, you know, this is so stupid. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess, I guess when you start investing in yourself, then it also, it gives you more probably self-confidence that later transitions into self-worth. And I guess, um, yeah, I, I, I guess, and, and for me now, it really has to feel good because people, you're getting paid for your energy and for your time. Mm-hmm. And these are the most valuable things, I guess, in life, you, you, you know, your time. Mm-hmm. your time mm-hmm. and your energy it's like oh you've got i guess you know after all yeah you know there are things that you need to create a business and successfully run a business so like you know how did you find the the resources that would be helpful so you know the the resources to help you with the accounting and the maybe the marketing or like any other things like you know where did you go to find the help that you really needed I have an accountant right now, uh, but then at the beginning, you know, like, um, you know, I've, I've now also I'm in this luxurious position to really focus on my zone of genius. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the the goal for everybody, because, you know, like, like making a website, it took me like forever, you know, mm-hmm. it's not my thing. Um, but I use these platforms like Fiverr, you know, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. these uh, freelancers all over the world. And then, and then I found some people I would not work with anymore and I find <laughs> okay. amazing people that I keep working for years you know yeah. and and I guess it's 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 good you know because like if somebody is in let's say in the country where they have like a different sort of um you know like salaries and things so so they are earning good money and I'm getting good service you know and um so this is a nice exchange, you know, so I have somebody from, uh, I think, Sri Lanka that's designing me, you know, like uh, photography books. She's really great and amazing. And every year I pay her a bit more, you know, if, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I met amazing people. So I guess that. And then I never really wanted to have an intern. And since last two years, like I have interns. And at the beginning, I guess I didn't feel like, oh, I was not, I was, oh, I was not maybe not doing anything like really cool. You know, like, why would I, like, as if you're insecure to share what you do because you're insecure about what you do or something. I don't know really why, but I thought like, I was like, oh, no, I, I just really, I was like, what can I teach? What can I give? What can I... But then, you know, the interviews I had, you know, and, and and I'm really open, you know, about what I do, how I do it. And then I say, if you think, if, and I, I also ask them, what would you like to learn, you know, because mm-hmm. I want them to take something out of it. So I guess interns are also just like also nice help. And if it's a nice exchange, then it's it's great, great help, you know, like also, yeah, for, for, for that's how everybody started. I also was intern, you know, like somebody's mm-hmm. intern. So if, if, if it's a mutual benefit, you know, I think it's great. And yeah, so, so that I suppose, yeah, but I, a lot of things also myself still, you know, so 
Yeah, because because I I was really kind of expanded before COVID, and then you know when COVID happened, then you know I I I kind of I had to I have to let I had to let go of my social media manager. I had to, you know like kind of all these things like to, to, to reduce, and then now I feel like it's expanding again. You know, so it's mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's a process, but I guess it's also good to understand how things work. So then even if you hire somebody else to do it for you, then you can still you know, you can still, you still know how it works. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's important. What are some of the projects that you're working on or have worked on? I know, like, I saw a couple of them, you know, on, um, that, that were like women in cannabis and, um, heterochromia. So, so talk about those. And then like, if you have anything else you're working on, talk about that too. Yeah. So I mainly work with women, like, you know, just, just in general, like for as, as my photography subjects, because again, as we spoke, I feel like, you know, women need to empower women more and yeah, kind of, um, I'm also, you know, participating in a lot of like women's circles and things like that. And women in cannabis was born just out of pure interest. And again, I'm such a visual person, you know, that I'm walking everywhere. I'm seeing things zooming in, zooming out. And when I came to Amsterdam, my, uh, my first boyfriend, he was American and he was just smoking so much weed. He had ADHD and uh, for him <laughs> wow. it worked well. And I, and I was never really, you know, so much into it, you know, I, I don't know. like just, you know, I was more of a glass of wine kind of person. And, um, and then we went to this coffee shop. And also for me, like, you know, if I have like one puff or something, and I, I just feel like, you know, I have this helmet and I can sit like for three hours and I just don't remember anything. I don't know. I mean, I'm like, for me, it just it doesn't really work so well, you know? And I remember we went to this coffee shop and uh, with him and he had some friends visiting and then everybody was smoking. And I also, you know, and I had like a one, one puff or something. And then I'm sitting there and you know, like all this environment and all this smoke and like all this kind of interior and these lamps and colors and pillows and and some coffee shops, they have these cats running around. And then I saw this lady with like this tutu skirt, but it's like almost like a ballerina skirt, you know, mm-hmm. standing by the bar with this big fat joint. And I'm looking at her and I was like, oh my God, I want to photograph her, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's how kind of I started and I thought like, wow, these interiors are so amazing. And then I even Googled like if anybody ever did project about it or I was like, it's so special, you know, it's so unique. And like, if you go to Dutch like cafes, it's called like a brown cafes, you know, they're all like a copy, like copy paste of one another, like a brown tables. That's what's called like almost brown cafe. And it's all same. They all have same candles and same things, but the coffee shops, like each and every coffee shop is unique. You cannot find like two same coffee shops, you know? And then I started photographing more like uh, these kind of cannabis, like famous figures in, in like in cannabis world. And then basically I got to photograph this guy called John Sinclair and he's quite famous and, and he's from Detroit and Beatles, they wrote a song about him, like 10, um, I think 10 for two, because um, he sold, uh, I think, two joints for undercover police women. And then he got like a 10 years of jail. Mm-hmm. And then they had like the song, like, uh, set him free, let him be. Like, uh, I don't remember all that story, but it was, yes, I got to meet him. And yeah, so basically I just photographed this kind of famous sort of um, cannabis world figures in, in, in the coffee shops. Mm-hmm. And then Hemp Museum picked up this sort of, uh, you know, project. And then they invited me to do the series for the exhibition, uh, I think two or three years ago. 
And so I've done that. And then it was like in this exposition um, in, in Barcelona and Amsterdam. And that's how this Women in Cannabis was born because they kind of uh, invited me to focus a little bit more on women in cannabis. And then I went into the whole story, you know, how indeed like the cannabis world was dominated by men for such a long time. And, and now like kind of more and more women, they're coming into the field. And But if you would look, um, actually I met only two women uh, coffee shop owners, you know, because in Amsterdam, even if it's sort of legal to smoke weed, um, but uh, yeah, I guess it's still a bit of a shady business to be in. And yeah, yeah I, you know, I have no really um, no, no answers for it. But but basically, even if you have the most CEO women in the whole Europe, I think in in, in the Netherlands. There are so many women that, that that are in these executive positions, but in cannabis industry, uh, like coffee shop owners are still mainly men. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, so I'm still working on this project and I'm expanding the project also. I'll go to Barcelona probably for a cannabis event and I will photograph some also women in cannabis in this, you know, they have these social clubs and it's basically like also cannabis clubs. You have to be a member and you can smoke there. Um, yeah, so uh, so my ideal kind of scenario, I would like to make a book about it, mm-hmm. but you know, it's like a kind of free project. So then it comes after all my paid projects. So then, you know, like whenever I have a chance, I work on it, but you know, sometimes there's also some, you know, like, like some people that are smoking, you know, that smoke a lot, they can be really functional and some less so. So, you know, I had these situations where I just got a baby and then, you know, I I, I get a babysitter so then I can go and photograph, you know, somebody at the coffee shop and then the lady is like late for two hours, you know, and then like, and I'm like, you know, so it's kind of some, some people are just like really in this floaty mode, you know, that is hard to, yeah. But, and some are super, super functional and they smoke so much that, you know, I get high just only by, by watching them, you know, but uh, yeah, so, so it's quite interesting, um, interesting field, I guess. And, and um, yeah, and, and I'm really fascinated with all the colors, interiors, you know, and all uh, models, they are actual, like they actually have cannabis as their daily routine. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I get a model and stylist and, and things like that. And, and the coffee shop, I always ask them to go to their favorite coffee shop. So they actually smoke weed every day and it's their favorite coffee shop. That's my ideal subject for, mm-hmm. for the photo. And, you know, it's interesting when, when I saw the the photos, you know, like I've told you before we started the interview, I, I just thought like, gosh, you know, like these, these are just so beautiful, so beautiful, you know, like the background and, you know, like, like the, the relaxed look of the women, um, yeah. you know, and like the smoke floating around them. It, it really, really was quite beautiful. And, um, you know, and, and then I started looking up, you know, like women and cannabis and, and there's actually like so many products that, you know, um, for, for women that are marketed to women that actually like have cannabis these days, you know, well, obviously, you know, these companies have specifically like created these products with cannabis, but it's amazing, you know, like products to like alleviate like PMS symptoms, like, you know, all kinds of oils and, and it's just like, Wow. Yeah, but women they used to they use they use cannabis. I mean, um, technically, also. I mean, I, I found out so many different you know things when I started working on this project, and mm-hmm. 
actually uh, cannabis cannabis affect women differently than men overall it's scientifically proven and then women they've been using cannabis like for forever you know like it's mm-hmm. been indeed for 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 for, for, for like the pain reliefs and uh, for different um yeah you know also 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 teas and 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 and, and you know and for cosmetics and, and different things you know so yeah so it's been so it's been and then, you know, it's, it's been around for a while. It's just, okay. um, I guess then it became sort of illegal and, and then, and then, and then, and then things changed. And now I think everything what's too much is, it's, it's harmful for you, you know, like, and, and, and for me, honestly, I feel like, yeah, it's, it's you know, alcohol is same drug, you know, mm-hmm. or sugar or TV or, or, you know, overworking or everything what's too much. It's, it's, it's too much but um, I met so many women you know that or like people and you know like men and women that have like let's say ADHD and then they would have to take like you know medicine but then you know they smoke CBD or or, or yeah it's, a, it's it's a medicine I feel like it's a medicine if it's not if it's not abused you know and if it's not if it's not used too much mm-hmm, it's a medicine mm-hmm. Okay. And, and so like, you know, the, the other project that you you've worked on is a heterochromia project. So people with two different color eyes. So like, how, how did that come about? Like, what, what was the inspiration for that? Um, well, there was this one sort of uh, contest and it was about a different sort of, I think, um, um, different, I think personalities, or uh yeah like like um i think it was about the different personalities and then they had this clear space in mind and vision you know like seven works you had to, they had to be like series of seven mm-hmm. and then they had this exact like photo of the space where that would be exhibited and then my idea was that i want to photograph same women you know like with, with two different color eyes and then basically she turned to the left she turned to the right you know like at different angles different hair maybe with a hat maybe without and then the last photo, just straightforward in front of you, you see this photo that it's the same woman and then she has like two different color eyes. And so my idea was that we have, you know, different sort of personalities inside of us and we are many people kind of combined into one. And then I started looking for this sort of, for this special lady. And then I, I, I looked everywhere. I was in Amsterdam at that time and I found one professional model and she was charging, I think about 600 euros for uh, for for a shoot and at that time it was really like it was my I don't know like I mean I was earning probably 1200 euros a month so for me it was really not possible to 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 to, to spend it on a free work so much you know and um and uh, yeah and, and then actually on Facebook so many people from Lithuania responded like oh my friend has it oh my friend has it oh my friend and I was like huh and then I went to Lithuania and I photographed like first people uh with two different color eyes and then they started sharing stories you know how they were like you know or, or abused at school or they called like names or witches or things and then one boy he shared a story that his grandma she was calling them children of hags and then in Lithuania hag is in between like a fairy and a witch and in English I guess it's a little bit like lost in translation because it sort of has a bit of a negative sort of as I don't know like like native English speakers they say like yeah hag but why is a hag you know mm-hmm. um so I guess in Lithuania it's a bit different so and then I started collecting these stories and I couldn't really find like any scientific reason why I found so many 
people with two different color eyes in Lithuania. And then I thought, well, maybe it's because it's like the last pagan country in, in, in Europe. And then maybe they were not burned as, you know, as witches, you know, like, and, and you know, yeah, so this was my, um, my kind of presumption. And then I sent this email to this professor from Oxford and he was like, well, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but that's absolute bullshit. You know, he was like, it's not because of that. So I don't know why I found so many people in Lithuania with two different color eyes, because it's really, really rare. And then they say, you know, like it's only maybe like, I think six people from million. I don't remember all the numbers now have this condition in one another form. And yeah, so I made this series. I had this exhibition uh, in Amsterdam. I made a book about it. And I, yeah, I collected this beautiful community of amazing people. And, you know, I was making my, my partner angry all the time because mm-hmm. we would go to Ibiza, you know, or somewhere, or like, I don't know, New York. And then, you know, I always have a list of people, you know, like everywhere in the world. And then I connect with them and I organize these shoots, you know, in our mm-hmm. Airbnb or somewhere. He's like, can't you just go on a normal holiday? You know, I always have to just combine to the work. But, you know, it was so rare. And I mean, like, there's no way... I could like just fly to New York for two to photograph two people or to like, you know, Ibiza to photograph one person or like, you know, so, so I was collecting this data of, about where the people were like for, yeah, for five years, I guess, you know, and I was alone doing the research and connecting with them. I mean, I didn't have like a team behind me or anything. And so I produced a book and, and now it's sort of, I'm still getting inquiries and people like, yeah, you know, come and photograph us. We are like, you know, in South Carolina, we are like, and I'm like, yeah, but for me, it's kind of, I feel, I would love to continue, but, um, but, but yeah, I, I guess, I guess now there are also different projects and, 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 and I would love to continue maybe with the different, you know, like with the team behind me with, it was a lot of work. I mean, I, I did it, I loved it. And, and, and yeah, but now also with the child and, and with life changes and everything, I feel like it's, it's, it was ambitious and, and I, and I, and I did it. But um, I feel like it's, it's something that I would like to do with more, you know, I mean, I also approached some brands, you know, like a Benetton, I thought maybe I could do it with like, you know, brand that's also into uniqueness and these special people, but I could never, you know, I was alone in the field and I couldn't find anybody that would, I don't know that, that yeah, maybe like a team behind me that would, or promote me or, I don't know, yeah, or find research or find some kind of grants. I mean, I applied for some grants, but I, yeah, so 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 that one too, and uh, and I have many projects in in my, in my mind, you know, like and uh, yeah, I have so many ideas, but yeah, so far a women in cannabis book, and then I will I will go to the next one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you know, having lived, um, you know, in uh, Amsterdam for for such a a lengthy amount of time, you know, oh, what what. <laughs> I mean, would you say that there's like a difference in cost of living in terms of like, you know, having lived in Lithuania or anywhere else in terms of, you know, like how much things cost and, um, you know, like your safety? Have you noticed any kind of difference or or have things been the same? I mean, Amsterdam is expensive. I mean, that's for sure. Uh, Amsterdam is expensive. What I love about it that you can still cycle everywhere or even Mm -hmm. walk, you know, like. Um, I love that because if you're in London, you know, you take a cab and it still takes 40 minutes to go from one side to another side. Yeah. And here in 40 minutes, you could probably walk, I mean, or cycle at least or, um, but what I love about it, you know, that let's say even me, uh, having like a small business, like the government is not really leaving you behind. Like when the COVID started, you got this letter 
you know, saying like, okay, so what was the average salary that you've got? And then you could apply for this, um, you know, you, you had to kind of evaluate how much money you're planning to earn during the lockdown. And then for me, I was like, yeah, zero, I can't meet people. So what do I do? You know, and then and then they 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 paid you know some money also you know so it was kind of because I know in Lithuania nobody nobody cared like you just had to yeah nobody cared and here also you know like for 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 rent or like loan you know for the bank they they delayed those two so it feels like mm. you know that you feel like the government is taking care of you that's really mm-hmm. nice um, and of course you pay a lot of taxes for it but you know. And in terms of safety, I also, I always feel safe. You know, I can go to the park at night here and I feel safe. Mm-hmm. Where in Lithuania, if I go, you know, to my apartment or I'm, I'm getting off the cab, I always have a key in my hand, you know, like just in case, you know, like mm-hmm. something. But I don't feel um, here. I don't know why, because the crime here is also existent. And, you know, and, and but somehow, somehow, yeah, when anything happens, like it's, it's, it looks like it's so quiet and then if something happens, you just suddenly have police and helicopters and things are like, and suddenly you're like, what happened? And then you mm-hmm. you Google it, like, not Google, it's like this new NL, like what's happening around you at the moment. And then they say, yeah, the guy from threatened to, to, to jump from the balcony. And you're like, yeah, he didn't even jump, you know? And then you have like helicopters and police mm-hmm. and, you know, street is closed, you know? So, so like maybe sometimes a bit over the top <laughs> because you're not so mm-hmm. busy, I guess. Mm-hmm. But in Lithuania, like, yeah, I mean, I, you know, like my daughter had like really high fever. We came back from the flight and then, uh, you know, and then I had only one paracetamol pill and I called the ambulance because I couldn't bring the temperature down. And it was, I think, 40s, like maybe like like over 40, you know, and then yeah. she was already like shaking and, you know, she was like a baby. Oh. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, like, and then I called the ambulance and the ambulance came, I think in about half an hour where I already Googled what to do. I put her like, under cold water, you know, I, I didn't know, you know, I don't know what to do, you know, I'm like, and then, yeah, so so I felt like in, 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 in the Netherlands, I, I, I think it would have been solved within probably 10 to 15 minutes max. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, 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 um, you feel really taken care of, you know, at least mm-hmm. I do. I mean, and I think like you don't really have some, you know, street people as well. I mean, you have some, but experts probably, you know, because it's, it's, it's hard to get there. I mean, yeah, I mean, you really because there are so many organizations you know things like it's 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 hard you have you mean it's just almost laziness to get there it feels like it you know that it's 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 yeah the the the, the government is really taking care of you yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay and you know so so continuing on like you know like what's your quality of life so like what's your day-to-day like you know like at work and then you know away from work yeah, so basically, um, you know, I mean, I, yeah, I'm organizing my shoots, you know, if I, you know, yeah, I'm meeting with clients, I have these kind of conceptualizing calls, as mm-hmm. I call, I will, I will have one just after our call. Um, so, yeah, you know, also, I, I take courses, self-development, you know, I go, I, I, you know, sometimes I cook and then we have you know, friends over. Mm-hmm. I travel quite a lot now. I'm going to Lithuania more and more because I have also jobs there. And with COVID, I had, you know, some personal things also. So it's kind of, I'm traveling a little bit more now. I'm getting jobs also, you know, in, in Cyprus and like different countries. And 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 it's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, then I'm working on these free projects, you know, and then, yeah, now I'll go to the Spanibus. I will I have also a shoot in London at the end of um, March, you know, so it's kind of, it's becoming, a little bit more expanded and international for me uh so day to day i guess yeah for me 
I guess balancing it all out is the most important thing. So the only key for my day, whichever it is, is just slow morning. I mean, I never switch on my phone. I mean, I switch on my phone only just after breakfast, you know, and, and, and yeah, I, that's, I guess the key. I, I need this peace and quiet to, to start my day. That's, that's, you know, that's, that's the main thing for me. And then I can do anything, you know, mm-hmm. if I have this peace and quiet, you know, in the morning, then, you know, I, I, yeah. So I'm practicing more and more just switching off my phone. That's my rest, switching off my phone and going to the park, you know, and sometimes I miss it because I'm like, I see something like today before, before our call, I mean, I went to the park and, and now it's spring, you know, and you have like all these little flowers, you know, and I was like, oh my God. And I didn't have my phone. I was like, well, okay, well, I will take photos with my eyes, but, uh, but yeah, more and more I'm practicing to, to just no screens, to be honest. And that's why my, 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 my dream and what I really, really want is just to live in a warm country where I open the balcony and I see the water and I feel like, yeah, probably this online shoots, you know, can be, can be a new solution for a bit of a different, different lifestyle as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know, so I do wonder this um, every time that I've spoken with someone who has a business because I've never had a business. Um, so I do wonder, like, you know, when your passion is your business and, you know, the business is, you know, something you're passionate about, like, you know, is it hard to separate, you know, working, 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 you know, and and just like, you know, like not work? Is is that hard? Or, I mean, is does there come a moment when it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. It's easy to separate yourself from the work. Uh, no, I mean, I guess it's just, it, it's like, um, I, I never really sep. I mean, I guess because I'm always zooming in and zooming out and, you know, I mean, even if I'm, even if my phone is off, I'm still kind of, you know, in this, in this seeing beautiful images mode, you know, all the time so that I can't switch myself off. Uh, of but um but i guess for me um, yeah so i'm practicing the switching off my phone and just doing nothing moments i guess mm-hmm. you know so these would be completely resting from everything you know also from talking from just being i guess i'm practicing more and more just just doing nothing just being just feeling you know just just you know you sit on the chair and if you close your eyes and you just feel like you know the way the chair feels you, you feel the air you you can hear the sounds around I guess that's just just being in the moment I guess that's that's my main practice and besides that of course if I have friend dinners you know and it's always it's always about you know photography work I mean like for me it's it's, it's my lifestyle because that's what you know like if I'm going to London now if I'm going to Spanibus I'm, I'm also going to Spanibus but I'm also going to photograph some women and I'm also going to meet maybe some investors for the book so it's so the trip is not the trip it's because I mean it's everything is, is for me everything is about photography you know everything mm-hmm. is a, so yeah so besides the moments that I just don't do anything at all it's mm-hmm. always about yeah it's always about <laughs> it's always about photography I guess in one another yeah. way it's just 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 too too much to it's like a baby you know it's mm-hmm. just like a baby okay okay yeah. and so you know like what what would you say have been some of the struggles but some of the joys of being an expat you know so so I'm assuming one of the joys has been you know like uh, like you had mentioned before like meeting so many different people and really which has lent itself to like your photography expanding in lots of different ways but you know so but you tell me like any other struggles or joys 
Well, I mean, at the beginning, I was really struggling with Dutch language, you know, and I don't speak perfect Dutch uh, now, but I stopped caring about it so much, uh, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and then me and my main clients are English speaking kind of, you know, um, but I feel I feel like an expat in Lithuania now, to be honest. And now that I'm going there more and more often, everybody say like, oh, my God, but you're like, you're so different. You're so free. You're so like, and I noticed that I'm like, I am, you know, I'm, I am like a bit of like sometimes like an alien. And I always feel like, yeah, maybe I'll get back to this normal because, you know, I speak loud, especially if I'm passionate, you know, about mm-hmm. what I'm, and, and my friends are like, Shh, you know, like, you're just shouting, you know, I, I do, I do. I shout a lot. Um, I don't know. I, I, yeah. So being an expert, I guess being an expert brought me to these, to see these amazing things that people who live here every day, they don't see. So I made this another series that I didn't talk about. It was, um, uh, I called it urban wonderland. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Dutch people, they didn't know that actually you had these really old metro carriages that were designed by, by artists and they were so unique and so old. And now all these metros, they were exchanged into new ones and new, fresh, clean, you know, sterile so basically and it was beautiful and I called it urban wonderland because for me when I lived in 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 France you know in 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 London especially um well Dubai I didn't take metros so much but uh, basically metros for me it was always like this different world you know where I mean, it can be really cold, like in London, and then you go, you know, into tube, and it's like really warm. And basically, for me, it was like a different world, you know. And it's like, and then all these people and advertising, and then you have these people singing sometimes, and it's like different world, like this. And and then in in Amsterdam, I saw this, you know, this this these metro sort of carriages, and they were like with these lions and with the jungle, and like. It was so beautiful. And so I called it like Urban Wonderland. And then I started the series and I have like about seven works. And then I would also frame it in the same way like I did for women in cannabis, just the person in the middle. And I had to wait till till the last stop, till all the people get off the metro, you know, like kind of, you know, it was also a journey within itself. And I had to ask for special permission because you're not allowed to shoot in metros. And then, uh, so anyway, so I guess being an expert, it, also the coffee shops, you know, so many Dutch people, they are, you know, they're sometimes all, almost like it's a low, low level to go to the coffee shop. Like, yeah, it's for tourists. Like, it's just a stupid thing to do. You know, why would you, why would, you know, like, it feels like they can just get it and go home. And, 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 and usually tourists, they smoke at the coffee shops because it's a bit overpriced. And it's, and you know, they can't really smoke at the hotel, I guess, or somewhere, you know, and, and, and for them, it's, it's a nice thing to do. So I guess me being an expert, I kind of, I'm, I'm, I was able to see these different angles and textures that if you live here every day, you just get used to it and it's not so special for you anymore. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe that would be the, yeah, the difference. Okay. And so, you know, I'll just finish it up with really one more question. So, you know, you've lived in several places and, um, you know, like you mentioned that like you would like to live somewhere warm one day. So, you know, there's like a, a future place, you know, that you plan to live so that, you know, what's your definition of home? Uh, it's just a feeling for me, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a feeling. And today actually, uh, I've been away now for, I went to Cyprus and then to Lithuania and then mm-hmm. here. 
And actually it's been like 10 days and it was not sunny at all. And today it was the first day or like then it's sunny and I went to the park and on the little flowers and it gave me this feeling like, oh my God, it's like, you know, <laughs> aliveness. So for me, yeah. So then it gave me this, like, I'm like, oh, maybe I could stay here, you know, but, but, but my inner feeling is that, um, yeah, I guess home uh, for me, it has to do a lot with coziness of, of, of the house, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, some, I always have candles, like crystals, you know, mm-hmm. um, Paolo Santo, you know, it's my, it's my, it's my kind of thing. And those three things I, I mean, carry with me everywhere. Even if I take hotel room, I always have Paolo Santo. I mean, I create this little, for me, smell of home. Um, yeah, I, I guess home is like, it's about rituals for me. You know, every morning I have the ceremonial cacao. So I do it with like special spices and I also carry it with me everywhere I go. So for me, probably if I sit down, I have my cacao and, you know, Paulo Santo and little candle, I guess I can be anywhere. It's, it's, I guess it's a feeling, I guess it's a feeling, but, but, but now I really feel like, yeah, after being here for 10 years and living in Lithuania most of my life, I mean, my dream is really to open my balcony and see the water and, you know, and live in a warm country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like just, just warm. And then, you know, we have fruits on the trees and, and it gives you this feeling like the nature provides, you know, and you know, you're not going to end up in the street and freeze to death, you know, like it's mm-hmm. kind of, I, I just feel like it's, it's just for me, it's this abundance, you know, like in Cyprus also, I mean, I was going to the supermarket and I was like, mm, I should get some lemons because in the morning I had this, you know, lemon water. And then, you know, it's like the tree, like lemon tree. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, I take two because I'm like, well, it's for today and for tomorrow, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't even want to kind of abuse the tree. Like, oh, we can take like the whole bag of it, you know? And it's just nice that every day I can just take, you know, one lemon for tomorrow, you know? I don't need more. So it's just the feeling, you know? I, I love it, you know? I, I love this uh, aliveness, you know? It's, it's kind of, it brings me back to this, to this feeling like, you know, that, yeah, you know, it's giving and taking and then that nature provides kind of, it feels like this, just a good feeling, just mm-hmm. a good feeling. Like I never had it in Dubai, you know, so it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's just cold at heart, you know. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to leave it there for today. And I want to thank Maria for taking the time to speak to me on this podcast. Oh, Are we home yet? So podcast where, you know, expats talk about what it's like living abroad and, you know, hopefully somewhere in the conversation, you know, future expats are inspired to also go live abroad as well. Um, So with that, I'm going to wish all of our listeners a great day as well as Maria. Thank you again and have a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. (laughs) Have a great day. Coming up is my interview with Felice from America, who is enjoying traveling through Italy and is the founder of US-based Globanista, a private travel club. I'm glad you enjoyed the show. Remember to hit subscribe on your podcast player and also leave a great review and rating of this podcast as well. I'm Jalila Clark. See you next time.